new on Curiosity Stream. I'm James Burke. I'm going to take you on a journey through time. James Burke's visionary series returns, reimagined for our time. Now, this is all uncharted territory. The Washington Post hails Burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the Western world. The New York Times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another. Where do we want to go from here? Experience all new connections. So what's the next connection? With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Um, MMA strategy shows are here to get you ready for UFC Vegas 53, which goes down on Saturday inside the UFC Apex there in Las Vegas, Nevada, headlined by a match between top 10 Bantamweights, Rob Font, taking on Marlon Chito Vera, co-main event, the old man still in these spots, Andre Orlovsky going for four wins in a row for the first time since 2015 taking on Jake Collier. Of course, we are sponsored by prize picks. Talk about the prize picks props later on in the show. And of course, uh, if you want to play a little prize picks with, they got some PFL props up there tonight. So you got to check out what they got going on over there as prize picks. Of course, as always, I am joined by the fighter, Pete Rogers, Jr. Good afternoon, Pete. How you doing, brother? You might be a little too excited about this car, JC. I might need you to simmer down. I don't know if you were pounding red bulls or what you were doing before the show, but you need to calm down. Cause, uh, we're in for a wild one this weekend. I, I, I've got a long day ahead of me. Long <laughs> yeah. day. The Thursdays are, are my long day. So uh, I'll probably wrap up about 1 a.m. So I, I got our 12 hours left in the day. Well, you, you better you better go easy on the Red Bulls because you're going to crash pretty early then. Uh, I'm a Celsius guy. I'm a Celsius guy. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. I had one this morning. You know, I'll probably have one a little later on. You know, might need a little, uh, little you know, jolt to life. Jeez, boy. Yeah, I mean, I, I like my Red Bulls, but man, we got to be careful with them nowadays. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, you're going to need something to stay awake for this card. It's a, it's going to be a, a GPP card if I've ever seen one, to be honest. And it's a one where lineup construction, I think, is going to be extremely pivotal. Um, getting unique is just uh, as simple as leaving salary on the table. It's not a week where you're going to have to spend all your salary because literally the only 9,000 option that is like a free square this week is Alexander Romanov. And we touched on it last week. He's going to be the guy that I'm, I'm going to probably lock in. And I never say lock because crazy things could happen, but yeah. I feel the safest about Romanoff. Yeah. Magically the fight doesn't happen. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. And magically <laughs> I get screwed and so does everybody else. But uh, I, I think, you know, we're going to have to go to that again. It just seems like it's a no brainer this week. Yeah. No question about that. Of course, uh, of course, Romanoff and Sherman were supposed to take place last week now taking place here mm-hmm. this week. And, uh, you know, want to start off the show before we get into this late, uh, mention about a question we got over in our discord chat a little before the show from D2 Raka and uh, asking lineup say from last weekend, general GPP strategies, other than just hoping low owned guys go off. Like last week, Pete said, usually eight K eight K ish guy, girl in optimal, and also goes on to say, what is the normal amount of core fires and cash for GPP, or should you not have any core A20 max GPP, or is it up to your risk? 
tolerance, uh, risk war tolerance. Uh, first off, when we talk about what we saw last week, you know, the crazy thing is I, I wrote down the top 11 scores over on DraftKings. Macy Barber, the lowest score at 78.6. Every other winner scored at least 91 points. Um, you know, I, I, Probably the most surprising thing for me last week was, was Claudio, what he was able to do with getting that mm-hmm. knee bar submission um, against Clay Guida. You know, obviously, uh, Mike Jackson, I'm sure the UFC probably hates exactly what happened there because now they're going to oh give Mike God. Jackson another fight. Um, yeah. 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 What, yeah what a mess, man. I mean, the Mike Jackson, the DQ win, making it into optimal lineup, you just knew if you didn't have exposure to easily the worst fighter on the, on the roster and on the slate that it's just like, okay, well, you know, the people that were just looking at it from a data perspective and seeing where the ownership was and where it wasn't and just kind of getting aggressive with some of these long shots, uh, they definitely made out last week on a weird week, you know, and you combine that with the Romanov cancellation, man, it was just, uh, it was not a good week. It was just not a good week of DFS unless you played everybody. Yeah, I mean, you know, in terms of for me, when we're talking about general GPP mm-hmm. strategies, I, I think it first off comes into how many lineups are you playing? Right. You know, look, if you tell me you're in a big GPP and you're playing a single bullet, I'm going to take more risk than I normally would just allow myself to get different. Coming up for this week, I think there's many ways to get different because I think there's a lot of underdogs that have really good shots. Um, you know, there are fighters that I will tell you, I don't want to get to in GPPs. Andre Arlovsky is one of them. Even though I like him to win by decision, I just don't think he's going to score well. Christoph Jocko, another one of those fighters that in terms of GPPs, I don't think yeah. he's going to score well. But to me, it's about, you know, how many lineups you're going to play. Um, you know, if I'm playing in a 150 max, I mean, look, I'm going to, I want to get to everywhere, you know, even if it's uh, someone that I don't think has, you know, has less than a 10% chance of winning, I'm still going to probably put them in 5% of lineups, you know, just in case something crazy uh, does happen there. I mean, look, we always talk about that 8,200, 8,000 fight is always a fight that you got to look at. You know, last week we had a situation where we're in 8,100 uh, on both sides. I think that's one to sit there. Um, you know, for 20 max, um, I really don't have course in, in 20 max. I'm trying to, you know, try to differentiate myself as best as possible there. Um, you know, in terms of, of cash versus GPP, for me, I, I'm in cash, I'm going with core fighters. Yeah. So, I mean, the reason that 8,200, 8,000 fights so popular within the optimal lineup is because uh, if a lot of the cheap underdogs don't come through, um, it's a closely lined fight tends to be a pick them within that situation. And uh, the underdog comes through, you know, a decent amount of times. So that, that fight is so cheap and it just allows for a ton of uh, roster flexibility and construction where it's just like, it's a, it's a no brainer. Um, and then especially if like, it's a, a high profile fight priced at that range, then it's really a no brainer. Um, outside of that, like I do like finding one fighter that I'm extremely bullish on. And that's kind of how I built my, you know, my lineups and Romanov this week. I mean, it's, you know, I'm not telling you guys anything new, but like, he's a guy that I'm going to be a little bit over the field on. I don't even know how that's possible, but I'm going to get to every, <laughs> every combination of him. You know what I mean? Just because I, I think that, like from a safety and security standpoint, yeah, it could be a heavyweight, matchup where maybe they get gassed and it goes 15. I'm not really expecting that. I think the takedowns and ground and pound or submission skills are going to be on display and it's going to be a, a round one, around two finish. But, um, you know, I, I do like finding one fighter that I can back for 20 maxes. You don't want to get like too wild. Cause then it's like, you know, you, you're starting to run yourself a little thin. Um, I, I do, 
I do lean a little bit towards having somewhat of a core or at least like core fights like that. That's how I like to really view lineups is, is targeting fights rather than specific fighters. And uh, for 150 max, I'm all about, you know, going on awesome.com using the fantasy crunch tool, creating groups, whether it's um, getting to X amount of underdogs or targeting certain fights. Um, there, there's different ways that you can do that. And you combine that with all of our tools over on Osmo top fighters tool ownership, all that good stuff. It, it's really beneficial. I mean, look, if you see me in DK in a cash contest this weekend, just yeah. realize you already know who one of my fighters is. Yeah. It's Romanoff, bro. It has to be. <laughs> yeah. It, because this is one of those weeks because of what salaries are and kind of, some of these fights I can get to a lot of underdogs. So to me, like I did a hand build about an hour ago, just kind of, you know, seeing what I would, could get to. And I had $900 left. Yeah. I developed anxiety like an hour ago when I was just trying to create lineups that I felt comfortable about. And um, it's pretty difficult because you just, you, you don't, you, there's a lot of fights where I can see them going either way. Tons of volatile matchups each week. Like, Man, some of these cards, it's it's crazy what the UFC product is, you know, um, for, for these these Vegas cards. But this is going to be a very, very tricky one. And I'm going to probably leave a lot of money on the table just in hopes that some of these underdogs come through. Of course, uh, be sure to give us a thumbs up. Subscribe to Osmo right here on YouTube. And, of course, if you're not Osmo Plus member, you want to get a peek what's behind the paywall. Today's free premium data and tools are NBA player projections, NHL ownership projections, and MLB main slate ownership projections. So be sure to check out that if you're not a member of Osmo Plus. But, Pete, let's get right into this fight card main event, top 10 bantamweights. We've got Rob Font. Take it on Marlon Chito Vera. And we look at the DraftKings salaries for this one, 8,300 for Rob Funt, 7,900 for Marlon Vera. You know, I, I do like uh, Rob Font to win this matchup, but I will say this. I think that the fact of a five-round fight, I think is very beneficial to Marlon Vera. I mean, look, mm -hmm. he's a guy that is notoriously a slow starter. Just look at his last fight against Frankie Edgar. Got off to a slow start in that one. Um, you know, one of the things that I mentioned over on Odd Chopper that I think potentially I do wonder, could the New England cartel emphasize takedowns in this one to rack up points, um, you know, and, and get this one to the ground? I like Rob Font. I mean, look, I, I think when you... I believe the power advantage is on the Cheeto Vera side of this one, but I do think the better striker is Rob Font. So I'm really torn on this. And just to kind of talk up, bring up roster construction again. So I always mention how the 8,200, 8,000 fights are part of the optimal lineup a lot. Well, you're talking about Rob Font at 8,300, Marlon Vera at 7,900. So uh, $100 up for Rob Font, $100 less for Marlon Vera in a five round bout. That naturally, is going to make these two fighters go into my lineups a ton uh, just because the five round nature. Uh, I know it's a striking affair, but I do expect that one side or the other is going to implement some takedowns to solidify some rounds. I'm not truly convinced that Rob Font's going to have like a wrestling advantage, but I do think it's a sneaky way to kind of like put a stamp on a round. Um, I'm interested to see how Rob Font deals with the stance of Marlon Barra, the aggressiveness. They both, they both can switch stand, uh, stances at times. And I feel like Rob Font might go into southpaw stance a little bit, but if he does so, I feel like Chito Vera is going to be trying to, uh, regardless of the stance, start to bury some leg kicks and chew up that lead leg of a, a pretty talented boxer. And, uh, you know, the, the boxing advantage is definitely on Rob Font's side. 
And I loved what I saw in the Jose Aldo fight. He demonstrated excellent heart, um, just good volume through 300 strikes. And I thought that he, he proved that he's one of the top guys within the division. This five-round nature against a guy who hits really hard and possibly has a jiu-jitsu advantage is just a really strange spot for me. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Between aging and busy lifestyles, many women struggle with maintaining their physical and mental wellness. At Aquavita Concierge Healthcare Services for Women, we can help you revitalize your health and reclaim your life. We start from within by balancing your hormones, allowing your body to achieve and maintain desired weight goals. We also specialize in peptide therapies, regenerative medicine, sexual health, and aesthetics in our state-of-the-art facilities. Feel better, look better, live better. At Aquavita, visit aquavitality.com and begin your journey today. So I'm viewing this fight as a slight lean towards the underdog, even though I'm a Rob Font guy, just from like a, a build standpoint and a, a possible, like if I had to pick, I would say that Marlon Vera is probably more alive to find the finish. Whereas Rob Font's probably, you know, he can comfortably win a decision. So I'm going to get to this fight a ton. I'm torn on it, as I mentioned, because I do love the, the striking skills of Rob Font. But anytime that we see a boxer going up against a kickboxer or a Muay Thai artist, you know, if, if the kickboxer is able to implement leg kicks or rangy kicks, it frustrates the boxer quite often. So it's a slight lean towards Marlon Vera, but I'll be pulling for my guy Rob Font like crazy. And I would agree with uh, something Joshua said in the YouTube chat. Uh, this is potentially a great live betting opportunity for Marlon Vera because the reality is he probably will be down two nothing after yeah. the first 10 minutes. So you might be able to get a, a good line there. Uh, Joshua, absolutely agree with what you had to say there. Now, the co-main event is a heavyweight match. So you got Andre Arlovsky taking on Jake Collier. Andre Arlovsky, 8,400, 7,800 for Jake Collier. Uh, you know, I think you, you I mentioned about the beginning of the show, the fact that Andre Arlovsky has a chance to win four fights in a row since 2015. Of course, he hasn't had a stoppage victory since 2015 when he defeated Travis Brown. And, you know, I mean, obviously when you think about Jay Collier, since he has moved up from 185 to 265, <laughs> it's like just a completely different person. It is a fact of he has shown a lot of volume, but in Andre Arlovsky fights, he tends to get his opponent to into a low volume type of fight. I mean, look, I think this thing's going 15 minutes. I, you know, in terms of GPPs, I would much rather take it, take shots at Jake Collier than I would Andre Arlovsky just because I just don't think Andre Arlovsky is going to, going to score high. Um, but I think, you know, this is probably a, another Andre Arlovsky split decision win. I tell you what, it's pretty impressive what Andre has done, you know, with, within these past three fights, uh, decisions over Chase Sherman, Carlos Felipe, Jared Bandera, um, but I'm more impressed with what I've seen from Jay Collier moving up to, to heavyweight and having some, you know, some success losing to Tom Aspinall, you know, that's going to happen. Uh, win over Jean Vellante, win over Chase Sherman in this most recent one, a split decision loss to Carlos Felipe, where some people were torn on that decision. I actually really like what I've seen from, from Jay Collier. And I think that he's showcasing 
um, the volume of a middleweight up at heavyweight. And I think the volume can, can pose a lot of problems for, uh, for heavyweights. And he's kind of proven that a lot of low level heavyweights just stink. And, you know, he goes up there and he implements a high volume attack and he stays away from danger. And if you have better cardio and you prioritize cardio, you can win a lot of these fights. So I think that if from a betting standpoint, you might as well target Andre Arlovsky via decision because I don't foresee him winning any other way. But I am leaning towards the underdog. And I do think that Jake Collier is like variety of attacks. Like, yeah, Andre can throw leg kicks. I think Jake Collier can mix it up even better. And I think that he can out volume Arlovsky. So uh, I'm not convinced that he's going to take Arlovsky down or do anything similar to how he did against Chase Sherman. Yeah, he could. But I'm not convinced that happens. Uh, I I do think that Jake Collier is an interesting spot here at 7,800. It's just like, you know, he he threw 272 strikes against John Volante, still only scored 79 points. Um, in a loss to Carlos Felipe, he threw 281 significant strikes, uh, only scored 52 in a loss, so call it 82 in a win. It's just like limited upside for this fight, but I am picking uh, Jake Collier to win the bout. I actually just uh, sent Tyler the picture over of Jay Collier as a 185er as opposed to what he now looks like at heavyweight. It's just a different guy, man. <laughs> it's yeah, a different I mean, guy. And and the, the problem with a lot of people going from middleweight to heavyweight a lot of times is like the height. Um, and he, he, he can make it work at heavyweight as he has shown. Um, whereas like, like some, some fighters are just completely undersized. He's matchup specific, but I, I do think that Jake Collier is in an interesting spot and kind of like a, a rising name. And I think that he's going to pick up another win here. Yeah. I mean, the one thing, if, if Collier is able to get it done, I think it's just going to be because that, that massive volume we've seen he, him. He looks better than that photo though. That, that was like, that was Jake Collier against like Tom Aspinall. That's like, <laughs> that's not doing him true justice. Uh, but I mean, that is the transformation we are talking about and it's yeah. pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, no question about it. Next up, we'll move on. We got Andre Feely taking on Joe Anderson, Brito Feely, 9,300, 6,900 for Brito. Um, this is one like, you know, there's, I, I definitely prefer the Andre Feely side of this equation. Um, I do wonder how much we could see him utilize some takedowns to rack up some, some points. Yeah, it's an interesting fight for me, and I, I really like Andre Feely, and I like him a lot, and Joe Anderson Brito debuting against Bill Algeo, um, you know, getting met with some resistance, throwing 104 significant strikes, landing only 40, um, attempting four takedowns, landing only two, having about five minutes of control time. I do think that he's facing, you know, a staple within the division, and Andre Feely and the UFC is not really giving him any tailor-made matchups. Like, it's like, all right, man. Like you're either at this level or you're not. And I feel like they might be disappointed in his debut of beat of losing to Bill Algio because like Andre Feely, you're talking about a 17 fight UFC veteran priced at 9,300, not really in love with the price tag. I do think that he has susceptibility of getting taken down for sure, but I, I love his striking. I like, you know, just his whole skill set. He's, he's shown me more inside the octagon against proven tested fighters. Uh, he has great coaching staff surrounding him. Um, I think that the odds are slightly wide because like minus 250 and then, you know, plus almost 200 to Joe Anderson Brito, who is everybody's darling within their day, de- within his debut. This could be a situation where recency bias is taking everybody off of Joe Anderson Brito, and he can land one of these wild, wild hooks and just completely 
you know, change the fight. But I'm expecting Andre Feely to just put on like a, a strong performance here, you know, on the outside, outstriking him, implementing takedowns if he needs to. Just be careful of, of running into a guillotine. Um, did not like that for Lando Venata against Charles Jordan. What the hell was that? Uh, but um, Andre Feely, in my eyes, should get it done. I just don't like the price tag 9300 I'd rather find $300 and, and go up to Romanoff. Um, and this is a week where, like, I feel like a lot of underdogs might come through. I don't know if I want to take Romanoff and Feely. It'll be an interesting build if you do that. You definitely will have salary to do it. But I'm not expecting, like, this crazy, crazy, you know, DFS production from Feely because in a split decision over Jordan, 77. First round KO over Shaman Marais, 107. He's just not like a prolific DFS player. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, look, it's obviously Romanoff is a core play for me. I, I think there may be another 9,000 option I'd rather get to uh, because of potential ceiling over Andre Fuel. We'll talk about that fighter here in a little bit. Of course, when you want to get access to all the great Osmo tools and data we have over at Osmo.com, you got to sign up for an Osmo Plus Weekly Pass. You can get that for $29.95. Gives you access to everything we have over at Osmo.com, including ownership projections and so much more. And of course, if you just want to Osmo Plus and May package, those start as low as $2.95 weekly. Stop guessing, start winning. Join Osmo Plus today. Of course, so we're talking about our MMA product. That top fighter tool is the thing that I'm constantly looking at, looking at ownership and, and looking at some other things that is highly recommended. Check out that uh, spreadsheet we have over there at Osmo.com when you are a Osmo Plus member. Move on to the next matchup. We have got Jared Gordon taking on Grant Dawson. Grant Dawson. 8,700, 7,500 for Jared Gordon. And uh, when we talk about underdogs that I will be targeting in GPPs, Jared Gordon is one of those guys. Of course, this will be the first fight that Grant Dawson has uh, since he moved down to South Florida and now training at American Top Team there in Coconut Creek. You know, the one thing, you know, it'll be interesting if, you know, he's been there for, I want to say, probably about two months at this point is kind of, you know, the one thing we have seen from Grant is the gas tank wearing down in the third mm. round just because of just the pace and the and the grappling that he uses in, in the first and second round. Uh, Jared Gordon, to me, I think that he has wins round three if you're looking from the betting side. It is something that intrigues me here. Um, you know, look, it's I, I like Jared Gordon in this spot. I think it's a good opportunity for him. And, uh, you know, but for Grant Dawson, I mean, look, clearly he could rack up some points with takedowns. Yeah, so I'll be getting to this fight and uh, getting to both sides makes a ton of sense. Obviously, I'll be rooting for my boy, Jared Gordon. I think that this is a difficult matchup for both fighters. Uh, you have a lot of X factors going into this fight with Grant Dawson with a new new camp. Does that result in a positive performance or a negative performance, especially when your former coach is going to be at the same venue? Um, you know, you're going you're to be talking about Grant Dawson being met with some resistance in the takedown department. I think that he can get takedowns. Uh, against Jared Gordon, it's just a matter of can he control him and can he implement some ground and pound or look to submit him. I I think that you know what Grant Dawson should do is look to implement strong ground and pound and just maintain strong positions because you know we've seen Jared get hit with big shots, hurt in the past, uh, primarily on the feet. But you know if somebody's hurt on the feet and you get him in a bad position on the ground, you can test that chin on the ground as well. So. I feel like the odds are a little wide in the Dawson uh, side, just because like even at lightweight in comparison to uh, featherweight, his cardio hasn't looked any better. His cardio still looks bad. 
uh, when he's met with resistance, you can see like his opponent somewhat taking over as the fight goes on. Jared Gordon keeps coming forward. He throws volume. He'll get takes. He'll get takedowns if he needs to as well. And uh, he's, I would say, he has the better fight IQ than the two than uh, Grant Dawson. Um, Grant Dawson sometimes is just, I don't know, overexerts himself early, and then he's a sitting duck for rounds two and three. So I will agree with you that Gordon's one of the most intriguing underdogs on the slate, but I don't necessarily have faith in it. This is like a fight where I will create a a group. And I I think that this has some sneaky upside because I think Jared Gordon, um, you know, in a decision win over Chris Fishgold scored 120, uh, 120 DFS points because he's, he landed three takedowns um, scored 111 over Dan Moret because he landed um, two takedowns, but it's high volume reversing positions. It's control time. And we already know that Grant Dawson can do the same exact thing, but he, tends to ragdoll his opponents. And I think he might be met with some, with some resistance despite shooting 10, 11, 13, 11, 13 takedowns. How many is he really going to land in a situation like that? So this is a volatile matchup. I'll be leaning towards Jared Gordon, but make a group I would suggest. Yeah. I think this is also a fight, potentially another great live betting opportunity yep. on this card. And, uh, you know, and this is a, uh, Sanford MMA versus American top team battle between these two guys. And, uh, we'll see how this one goes down next up. We have got Darren Elkins taking on Tristan Connolly, Darren Elkins. Of course, we all know uh, his nickname of the damage, of course, uh, now taking on Tristan Connolly, Darren Elkins, 8,600, 7,600 for Tristan Connolly. This is, you know, you talk about fights on this card that I really don't know who I want to favor in either side. I mean, yeah, the thing about Darren Elkins and, and look, should he be the favorite in this fight? Yes, I do believe he should be the favorite in this fight. But the fact is, is there's a reason this guy's nickname is the damage. Yeah, exactly. And for the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Chevy truck season. And with the Chevy Silverado, there's no such thing as an uphill battle. With the Chevy Silverado, you can take on the mountains or you can move them. Because with impressive towing capability and available 13.4 inch diagonal touchscreen and a choice of powerful engines to pick from, whatever your mountain, there's a Silverado with the capability you need. Click to learn more. Find new roads at your local Chevy dealer. He, it was on full display in his previous performance against uh, Cub Swanson, where he just got absolutely obliterated. Um, a lot of people are probably going to be off Darren Elkins because they see that recent KO loss. And, um, you know, players tend to be a little desperate at finding underdogs. I do think that the experience of Elkins means something here. He's 16 and nine in the UFC, whereas Tristan Connolly's only one and one. With those uh, 25 fights in the UFC, ton of damage. So he, he definitely lived up to his nickname. And that's something that we have to be careful about. But I think it's matchup dependent. I don't think like Tristan Connolly can hurt him. Uh, I mean, maybe his chin's really gone. So even a guy like Tristan Connolly can hurt him on the feet, drop him. And that leads to some elevated scoring from a guy who isn't really like the best DFS guy, even though it's a small sample size. Um, in a three-round victory over uh, 
Michelle Pereira, he scored 83 fantasy points. Uh, Tristan Connolly did. So it's like, I know that's up a, up a couple weight classes. This is down at featherweight. I feel like the weight cut doesn't do him any justice. And I'm going to favor Darren Elkins here at 8,600. Um, he can land, land takedowns. He can get taken down at times, but it's the pace that really separates himself and just the volume. I, I think that if this goes 15, I think that he's just going to have the edge and volume everywhere, striking, wrestling, and just kind of scrambling. So uh, whereas Tristan Connolly is super, super talented in the jiu-jitsu department, I feel like the experience of Elkins is going to do enough at 8,600. Again, limited trust, but I'm, I'm favoring uh, Darren Elkins. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Next up, we got Christoph Jocko taking on Gerald Mershart. Christoph Jocko, 8,800. 7,400 for Gerald Mershart. Uh, look, in terms of GPPs, I, I look, I think Jocko's going to win this fight. Mm. Death taxes and Christoph Jocko wins via decision. Have, have you have you seen how bad these decision rate is for Christoph Jocko? Oh, yeah, I'm absolutely. It makes it's ridiculous. It's, what's it? 23 wins, 16 via decision. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, horrible. so I was talking about it on my show last night. It's crazy the fact of, um, I mean, this is just, I mean, look, he he's going to want to sit on the outside. Now, look, I think in terms of GPPs, I do not mind getting to Gerald Mershart because if Gerald Mershart is going to win this fight, it's him getting this thing to the ground and getting a submission win. Um, I don't like Jocko in terms of GPPs. I mean, look, I just think he's going to sit on the outside. He's going to jab his way to a decision victory. Yeah, I mean, Jocko kind of doesn't do himself justice, and he's always in close fights because he's just, what the hell are you doing in there? Like, he, I mean, he threw 196 significant strikes against Sean Strickland, landed 37. That is like putrid, putrid-like accuracy. Like, that's that's pretty bad. And a lot of times he'll just stay on the outside, uh, kind of makes, like, he'll scramble. A lot of people try to take him down. He can get takedowns. He can get taken down. I think that Gerald Mearshart, for the most of his career, and like in all of his wins, he's a prolific submission guy. So he's like a submission guy or a bust. I think that like Jocko should be wise to this, but there's no way that I'm going to be like over the field on Jocko because again, I think it's going to go the distance. Listen to these DFS scores, 55 in a split decision over Misha Serkinov, 64 uh, in a decision over Eric Anders, 76 over Barrio. 98 against Alan Amadovsky, but that was largely due to him getting four takedowns. So, I mean, 67 against Talos Leites. I mean, it's, there's a lot of 60s and 70s uh, performances right there. So I think for like GPPs, you got to circle Gerald, Gerald's name because, you know, Jocko has been submitted via guillotine in the past and Gerald has a sweet guillotine. Um, things can happen in a fight. One shot can make you shoot. Uh, when you're tired, you could shoot desperately and leave your neck out there. So I'm still picking Jocko to win the fight. But like for, for GPPs, I uh, probably will include Mearshart in the pool. And I might even unselect, uncheck Christoph Jocko just because of the terrible performances. Jocko in all his time in the UFC has only scored two knockdowns. One of those uh, came in in a stoppage win back in 2016 against the Barncat. Tandem or Corey. Yeah, I know. That's it is crazy. And uh, you know, I don't know, man. It's just like jo Jocko could possibly hurt him. I don't really see it. He's only had two knockdowns in the UFC. One was against Tandem McCrory. Uh, another one was against Uriah Hall, oddly enough. So I foresee just a boring decision from Jocko. 
but anything could happen. Yeah, definitely do not mind getting Gerald Merchardt in terms of GPPs. Of course, this is the awesome.com MMA strategy show. We're getting you ready for UFC Vegas 53, which goes down on Saturday. Of course, me and Pee back here on Saturday for Live Before Lock. Of course, we are sponsored by Prize Fist. Get one free month of also plus platinum when you sign up, deposit, and play over at Prize Picks. Of course, be sure to use that promo code awesome for instant first match deposit of up to $100. I mentioned if you're uh, watching us here live or uh, on the podcast channels on Thursday, do do have PFL props over there, so you can check out the props they have for tonight's PFL show. But uh, looking at the UFC props we have on Saturday, Pete, there's uh, two that really kind of stuck out to me. One is on the fight time. It's a guy we just talked about, Christoph Jocko, twelve and a half. I don't even gotta say what I'm I'm playing. Yeah, I'm saying I'm saying more. I'm saying over on that. Yeah, you just take the over. You just take the over on that one. Um, and, and the other one that I was looking at was over on the significant strikes. Andre Feely, 53 and a half. I like the over there. Yeah, me too, because I feel like Brito's pressure might bring bring out more, unless this is like a super heavy wrestling attack from Feely. I foresee more strikes than that. And uh could be a lot of jabs, but I think he could jab his way to victory. Yeah, I will tell you, uh, when it comes to those PFL props, I'm kind of looking at some of those fight times because I think uh, I think we we could have some quick stoppages tonight. Well, not in the Lance Palmer-Chris Wade fight. <laughs> that thing's right. been 15 minutes. Absolutely. That's right. I, I, I'm i I'm definitely smashing the over two and a half in that Palmer-Wade. Um, can't wait to see the PFL card, though, honestly. like I, I, I'm really interested, and uh, I think that there are some, some – Nice little parlays you could put together. I wish that DraftKings would release those uh, double chance where I could like target specific winning methods of both fighters instead of just targeting one. Um, They do it for the UFC cards where it's like wins via KO or decision. Like I like doing that because I feel like it really narrows down your chances of winning. I would tell you uh, one of the the props for tonight's PFL show that sticks out to me is the under eight and a half fight minutes on shame on race. Versus Boston Salmon. I don't know if you can really trust either one of those guys to uh, weather a storm that could potentially be coming in that one. Of course, be sure to check out Prize Picks. Of course, get one free month of Also Plus Platinum when you sign up, deposit, and play over at Prize Picks. You get an email within 24 to 48 hours on how you can redeem your free month of Awesome Plus Platinum. Now let's move on to a heavyweight match. We talked about this matchup last week. Uh, I don't think there's really much too much to talk more about this, but Romanoff. And Sherman, of course, Romanoff, a 20 to 1 betting yeah. favorite uh, in this one. He's 9,600 on DraftKings, 6,600 for, for Chase Sherman. I mean, look, it, it, this is a, this has got smash spot written all over. Now, the one thing we did get to see that we didn't get a chance to talk about last week was the fact of Romanoff shedding 20 pounds. And which kind of makes you think of, you know, because when we're talking about, you know, the potential negative side of Romanoff, the thought is because we saw it in the Espino fight is how the cardio, but man, you lose 20 pounds. You got, that makes me think of that really has been the core philosophy in, in his training is we got to sure up this cardio. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the upside for Romanoff, I think that there's potential there, but I do think that he can be um, figured out. I, I think that, you know, the Juan Espino fight showed a lot and showed his limitations as well as where like if, if he's compared up against another talented wrestler or grappler, he might actually struggle because, you know, he's not accustomed to being, you know, meeting resistance. And, and um, you know, I think that's where somebody with, that's a better striker would have a, a field day, like a Tom Aspinall, if they booked that fight, I think Tom Aspinall destroys Romanov. 
Um, I don't think Chase Sherman's that guy. I really don't. I understand that if you go through all his fights and you check out any time that he fought a wrestler and see how many times he actually defended takedowns. He defended seven takedowns against Parker Porter. So that's that's a good number. One takedown against Justin Willis. Um, five takedowns against Damian Grabowski. One takedown against Walt Harris. But I think Romanov's upper body style, lots of trip takedowns, lots of sagging, you know, sagging takedowns as well. I, I think that Romanov will get him down early as long as he's not. I want to test my my striking. I want to, you know, show people that I improved on my striking. That's the one thing that we never know going into a fight is like, you know, the game plan of fighters and what their coaching staff want them to try within the cage. You know, like, yeah, you're, you're used to going out there and getting quick finishes, but maybe the coaching staff, and this seems silly. But I'll tell you what, you want your guys to get experience, especially if you think they're in a favorable matchup. You may say, hey, we're going to, you know, you know, test this out in round one. And then as the fight goes on, that's when you can go to the well. Uh, that's my only fear with Romanov at 9,600. But for me, he looks like a free square. I think he's going to get Sherman out of there. And uh, he's going to be my darling this week again, whereas hopefully maybe people are, are a little upset. I mean. I'm upset that that happened last week, but I, I'm I'm gonna hope that he comes in with lower ownership. I don't suspect it because at 9600 with minus 2,000 odds, it's kind of ridiculous. Look, stylistically, this is an awful fight for Chase Sherman. Yeah, now, the one thing I do believe you'll see from Chase is leg kicks, attacking those legs. I mean, unless you have something you know crazy, you know, like what we saw last week with Dean Barry and Mike Jackson, it's a smash spot for me. It's smash spot for me when it comes to Romanov. He's a core cash play for me, and I'll be over the field. I, I you know, I mean, look, in a 20 max, I'm probably locking a Roman off in every lineup. Yeah, I, I'm probably doing that regardless. I'm just, I don't know. I, and he, he may not necessarily come with the best. He comes with the safest 100 points on the, on the slate, but like sometimes winning too quickly is a bad thing within MMA DFS. But, and that could very, very much happen. It could be like a, a 105 or 110. And maybe some other fighters really bust through, but I would much bank. I would much rather bank on safe outcomes than just like targeting upside all the time. So I'll, I'll take my shots and, and hope that, you know, maybe Sherman can go back to his feet a couple of times, you know, training down at Sanford. And then that could lead to more Romanov points. Yeah. I mean, I think you bring up a great point of, you know, if you're, you know, the Romanov corner, maybe they sit there and say, Hey, let's, let's work on some things. And, yeah. you know, maybe that, that leads to more points. So maybe it doesn't. You know, I mean, look, but the thing is, is if you tell me he just chased Sherman down in the first round, I don't think Chase Sherman survived in the first round. Yeah, I mean, well, honestly, Roki Martinez survived round one. Uh, Jared Vandera survived round one. Uh, it's not impossible, but I just don't think that Sherman has the ground skills to necessarily compete and Maybe, I mean, as long as it ends in the first two rounds, I'm fine with it because I foresee takedowns, ground and pound, you know, control time. And, uh, you know, just back in the day with advances, oh, man, we would love it. So, uh, you know, it, it's a Romanov play for me. Yeah, I just kind of look at some of the various prop bets on Romanov here. Yeah. Um, maybe you look at that if you think Sherman can survive round one. Romanov wins round two plus 475. Yeah, I actually got Romanov. Um, I bet Romanov round two against, uh, Jared Vandera. And I was, I was so happy with that. And, uh, 
For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So certain fighters can, can be tough enough to withstand that barrage. It's always interesting and worth a sprinkle, just like, because I, I, I feel like players and everybody, we, we always expect it to be a quick finish. And sometimes things get stretched out. Five minutes is if you win in round one, it's it's very very impressive. But um, you know Sher- Sherman's Sherman's not going the distance. I'll be heavily surprised. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Samuel, appreciate you in the super chat, and he brings up the fact of will Romanov get the minute bonus? That's live. I, don't I think mean, that's clearly live. But yeah. you know they very well could be trying things about. But I just like to me is if you tell me Romanov scores a takedown within twenty five seconds, this fight starting. It wouldn't surprise me if he if he gets that minute bonus. Yeah, I can see like minute five seconds, and it's like, oh, couldn't have he done just that. like son of a yeah, exactly. Couldn't have done that a little sooner. Yeah, it, it was like I was I was listening to somebody talking about. Uh, they said, hey, I uh, just want to send a huge thank out, thank you to Mike Beltron as they had a live uh, live bet on this Carmouche. I did too, actually. I, I didn't put a live bet. I I, I bet her before because I thought that. You know, she could possibly just win the striking exchanges and be the better wrestler. So uh, I lucked out with that win. Um, it was a strange stoppage. But I mean, for anytime you're in that position, we, we saw Kimbo slice and, you know, get finished in that position, that, that crucifix position. It doesn't take much unanswered strikes from a helpless position. It's just but I, I, it's a title fight, which kind of sucked. Yeah, I think the one thing, and I spoke about this last time on my podcast, of sitting there and going, you know, there's one person who had a very clear view of Julian Velasquez, and that is the referee. Clearly, yeah, Mike I mean, Beltran saw something. I saw, I saw, she went stiff for a quick second, and her eyes kind of had that glazed look. And anytime you do, you see that referee wants to hop in there before, before you take any unanswered shots, even if it's just like a flash. Um, yeah. But. There's a line, especially when it's like a, a championship fight. But hey, what do we know? Uh, you know, give credit possibly to the to the referee, but it, it was a it's tough because you you want them to have fighter safety, but you also want fighter to have like a shot to, to especially when she was like winning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Here's the thing: Could you name three better referees in the game right now than Mike Beltron? I think it's a very difficult job, and a lot of people don't give referees enough credit. Uh, I think that we're and they don't make judge. a lot of money. I mean, nah, I mean, you, they really don't. I mean, it's like they're quick to they're quick to criticize, and it's because people have money on it. But it's a very difficult job, and things happen quickly. And I, I like the you know implementation of replay. Um, I think that a couple weekends ago, with they dropped the ball with how certain things should have been, where it went to you know what I mean. Like then last week we saw a DQ, so it, it's weird. There needs to be some consistency, and I think that we're going to be working through it. But it's kind of like. Uh, learning on the job for a lot of situations. 
embracing technology. I mean, I mean, yeah. look, at the end of the day, we're still a very young sport. And, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. I mean, look, is commissions want to embrace anything that's there. I mean, one of the things that you're seeing more and more of is the ability for a judge to have a monitor straight in front of them for when maybe um, their vantage point is blocked. Like there was a guy, it was a UFC show. I don't know if it was last weekend or, or two weeks ago where one of the UFC cameramen got right in front yeah. of the judge. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always thought that that was a great, uh, a great, you know, thing to add is make sure, because you see the judges, they're like this, they're trying to see around people and the, you know, whatever. And it's like, yo, they need to I, I be paid I attention at all times. I was at a Bellator show and literally, and, and the Bellator cage has blind spots the yeah. way the cage is. And literally you saw the, the judge stand up to, to, to try to see what was going on. Definitely something like the, the second you saw baseball implement like technology, that's when, you know, okay, fighting, we, we need to definitely have it like baseball, the don't worry. PFL's got, they, they have the smart cage and they'll tell hey, you every, I, it, can we eliminate the, the lower third of all these stats that mean are literally useless? <laughs> I mean, the more stats, the better. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for like, just, yeah, you, you know. know, this I could, if I give you stats of a fight, it doesn't necessarily tell you the story of the fight. No, of course not. Because it, you know, it's context and matchups and it, it, they can be helpful though. I definitely think that they can be helpful, but you also have to combine that with fight tape and matchups and, you know, a lot of things. So, that's where, that's where we come in. And then let's move on to the next matchup. We have got a flyweight matchup. You got Francisco Figueroa, of course, the younger brother of Davison Figueroa, taking on Daniel De Silva. Daniel De Silva, the slight favorite in this one. This is your eighty-two hundred eight thousand fight. Francisco Figueroa is the eight thousand fighter in this one. Are you shaking your head, Pete? Are you see this? Oh yikes! I mean, it's an ugly fight. It's an extremely low-level fight. You got Figueroa, who's one and one in the UFC. You got Lacerda, who's zero and one in the UFC, uh, priced accordingly as a pick'em, essentially. And like, I have no faith in either one of these guys. It's a it's a weight class where it's super high activity, and um, I feel like Daniel Lacerda didn't necessarily show his best uh, in his debut against Jeff Molina, who is a very very tough out. Uh, Francisco Figueredo, um, outside of doing the the champ a favor, I think that, you know, the UFC is pretty disappointed in what he brings to the table. Um, you know, he's a low volume striker only through 45, only through 45 significant strikes against Malcolm Gordon, only through 53 against Jerome Rivera. And that was largely due to being taken down or getting takedowns himself. He went two for two in takedowns against uh, Malcolm Gordon, had four minutes of control time, four of six takedowns against uh, Jerome Rivera, seven minutes of control time. I just feel like if there's a ceiling on anybody, it's not Francisco Figueredo. I just, uh, I feel like he has super, super low level. And I mean, if Daniel Lacerda wins, I would have to say it's got, he probably presents a higher score than Francisco Figueredo. So you, so what you're telling me is a significant strikes land per minute. 1.9 is not good. No, it's not good, Jason. It's because okay. like right, he's right. not a talented wrestler either. No, no, so no. it's like Okay. So if you're over at UFCstats.com and you're looking yeah, at the tape on this one, obviously the 1.9 is not a good number. If I look to the other side of the column and I look at strikes absorbed per minute. Yeah. For Daniel De Silva, 8.15. Yeah, bro. I mean, that's that's completely overblown because Jeff Molina just destroyed him. But I'll tell you what, like 
it's tough to trust either one of these guys. I don't necessarily know who has the superior wrestling or superior grappling. I would say that Lacerda probably has the better striking of the two, though. Um, at 8,200, he has some sneaky upside. But this is just a, a fight where I'll be just including into my player pool where I don't care who I get. I feel like it could end up, you know, being such a volatile fight. And maybe Francisco Figueredo gets takedowns and submits them. Or, yeah, I, I mean, who the hell knows with this fight? I'm going to lean towards Lacerda just because he looks like to be the more explosive athlete, whereas Francisco is just super plotting and just the output doesn't seem there. Like Daniel Lacerda, listen to this. And not even a full two rounds through 25 significant strikes, which is not a lot. Francisco Figueredo in three complete rounds through 45 and 50 strikes. So I, I would just say that Lacerda has the volume edge and I feel like he might be enough to, it might be enough to uh, pull, pull away with the victory here. Yeah. I mean, look, this is when you're talking about the lower end of the UFC flyweight division, the, these are two of the guys that are in there. No question about it. Of course. Well, the thing that Pete, me and Pete love to see after the fights are over, we love to see those winning screenshots. We want to see you go into the awesome hall of fame this week. Of course, you'd be rocking that awesome avatar on your DFS profile. When you finish in the top three with a contest of over 5,000 contestants, tweet your wins to at awesome. H O F you'll win a free month of also plus platinum. Only one free month can be awarded to a U user per calendar year congratulations to jordan taking down first place fifty thousand dollars in the big nba contest over there on DraftKings. kudos to you uh only had three lines in there and taking down first place kudos to you uh next up uh we got uh wicked taking down over ten thousand dollars in first place there congratulations in the nba contest also the boss man Alex taking showing you what he's been doing with the MLB props of uh taking down seventy five hundred dollars over there. You gotta check out all the props that we have over at awesome.com. Also, uh congratulations to Ryan taking down first place over in an MLB contest on FanDuel. BK taking down first place in an NBA contest over there on DraftKings. And uh, taking down two contests, winning uh, twenty five hundred in the second contest. Congratulations to him! Yeah, you gotta check out all those prop bets uh, that Alex is putting up every day. I, I'm, I'm, you know, every time I see that little notification come to the score chat, I'm like, "Ooh, let me go check that out." Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely, uh, I got. I want to, I want to start doing those again. Um, and uh, this could be. Hopefully, I'm hoping it's a big weekend. Like I'm hoping it's a big weekend, and we started off right with PFL tonight. I can't wait. I really, really, really want to see this PFL card and largely because I have money on it. <laughs> <laughs> the real story comes out. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. It's There's money to be made. The odds are completely ridiculous, which sucks. But I'll, I'll be putting something out there if they ended up uh, posting those double winning methods. Yeah, it's uh, one of those things that with PFL, sometimes it can be Chalk City. It's kind of like a Bellator main card. Bellator main cards are pretty Chalk City. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, last week was a little, I'll tell you what, my, I felt bad because um, one of my boys, uh, one of my best friends, he's my wrestling coach, uh, TJ Hepburn, uh, fantastic former D2 champ. His college teammate and one of his best friends is Rafion Stotts, and I bet against Stotts. So I, really? uh, I actually did. I, cause I thought that I, I thought that, you know, his opponent might just have the edge in the striking and I did not foresee that happening. It was a small bet by oh, that. Look. Then, then I, I definitely, I hit up my boy and he, uh, he was like, yo, 
So it, it's kind of cool, but uh, I felt bad betting against my, my, my buddy's boy. Anyone who's listened to me for a while, no, I've been driving the Danny Sabatello bus train. The bandwagon's getting full, baby. I don't it know if sure I got is. any more seats available on the bus. We've we've been saying it for a long time, long time. I'm telling you, like we, and now everybody's like, oh, that's the breakout performance. Like, bro, we've said this, <laughs> seen this one coming. Yeah, exactly. And uh, let's just say, you know, put a microphone in front of him. He's um, he's electric. He knows what to say to get people excited. Yeah, dude, I like the kid. I do like the kid. Yeah, he was actually, uh, from a UFC angle, he was actually one of the people that helped uh, Jorge Masvidal try to get ready for Colby Covington because of uh, of his wrestling abilities there. Let's move on. Next up, we've got a match between Gabe Green and Johan Laniz. Laniz, a slight betting underdog in this one in, ter- in terms of the DraftKings salaries on this one. Gabe Green, 8,500. Laniz, 7,700. What's your take, Pete? I think that if Gabe Green tends to strike with uh, Johan Lainez, he might get knocked out, truthfully, because I think that Johan, if he has any skill, it's that he has like ridiculous power. And when he touches people, they just completely fold. Gabe Green should look to go to the well in the takedown department. Um, he's, he only attempted and landed both uh, two takedowns against Phil Rowe. I do think that that's probably his best path to victory here. I really like Gabe Green, and I've liked him for a while. I just feel like this guy, Johan Linus, and this matchup in general is, I feel like somebody's going to get finished. So I'm going to target this fight because I feel like it's just a violent fight. I'm actually going to lean towards Johan Linus. I think that he might, he has more upside in the knockout than Gabe Green does. Uh, Gabe Green, not necessarily being able to get Phil Rowe out of there, who I don't think is a good grappler. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Kind of shows me some limitations. So I'm going to pick Johan Lioness at 7,700. Yeah, I like uh, I like Johan in the spot as well. You know, we mentioned about throughout this car, there's just underdogs that we can target. And he's one of those guys that uh, will be in my underdog pool. Next up, we got uh, Anton Levy taking on Mike Breeden. Mike Breeden. 7,200, 9,000 for Natan Levy. Uh, you know, I mentioned about earlier on the show, there are some fighters on this card that are in 9,000 range. I would maybe like to get to more than, say, Andre Feely. Natan Levy is one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy that, like, outside of Romanov and you have you have to, like, avoid some of these tricky matchups, I feel like Natan Levy's in an extremely winnable fight here against Mike Breeden. I don't necessarily think that Mike Breeden is all that bad, but I think that Natan Levy's just better in every area. Um, not a striking finisher, despite having some really tricky kicks and good striking, like really, really good striking. But he he likes to go to the well with his takedowns and um, you know, debuting against Hafa Garcia, 
this is a guy who scored 37 points in a loss, um, attempted seven takedowns against Hoffa Garcia, landed three of them. I think that he can uh, put together a very strong performance here against Mike Breeden. So one of my more confident plays on the slate, I'm picking Natan Levy. Shocks me that Natan Levy, a uh, relative newcomer, is one of my, mo- my most confident plays on the slate. But it really is, given the landscape of this one. Of course, I uh, appreciate everyone tuning in to the awesomeo.com MMA strategy show. Of course, be sure to smash that thumbs up button. If you're not subscribed to Awesomeo, be sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell so you know when a new show is live on the channel. Of course, uh, coming up later on today at 5 o'clock Eastern time, we got NBA Deeper Dive to get you ready for tonight's NBA playoff action. Let's move on to the next matchup. Gina Mazzani taking on Shana Young. Gino Mazzani, 8,900. Shane Young, 7,300 now. Uh, of course, uh, Shane Young dropping down to 125 pounds. I mean, look, this is, you, you talk about the, the bottom end uh, of the 125-pound division. It's here. Uh, Gina Mazzani, I mean, look, she could rack down takedowns, but, man, you're not going to feel comfortable at this price tag with Gina Mazzani. No, I don't feel comfortable with the price tag, but I feel like she has significant grappling upside and takedown upside in this matchup, and, if you look at the box scores for both fighters, it's just completely horrible. Uh, Gina Mazzani, 2-5 and five in the UFC. Shannon Young, 0-2 in the UFC. Shannon Young with some horrible takedown defense and just grappling in general. Gina Mazzani with some horrible striking, but not nearly as bad as Shannon Young's wrestling. So it's like, what comes first? You know, who exposes who first? Uh, I'm going to pick Gina Mazzani in this matchup. I think that there is some sneaky upside. Uh, she could possibly get a submission win or uh, just some ground and pound, or just endless takedowns. Her gas tank needs needs some improving. Uh, hopefully, she worked on that this camp, but Shannon Young doesn't necessarily you know, show any resistance in the takedown defense department. I mean, she defended five against Macy Chasson, yes, but that's Macy's not necessarily like a, a strong wrestler-wrestler. Like, Macy will chain together takedowns, but likes to strike. I think that Gina Mazzani should go out there and uh, wrestle early and often, so... She has some some potential on this slate. Eighty nine hundred. Hate the price tag, ah uh, man. But I got to pick her. Yeah, I mean, look, you have to pick Gina Mazzani in the spot takedown potential. Uh, I will say maybe a little bit of concern of, you know, could that gas if this thing hits the third round, which I would expect it probably does. Um, you know, is that gas tank there? That'd be my concern about that. And in the opening matchup, we've got uh, Candelario taking on Tahara. Tahara, the overwhelming favorite in this one, ninety two hundred seven thousand for Candelario. Uh, this is, I think, the odds are too high. I think this yeah. this fight is closer than what the odds say. I mean, look, you know, obviously Tahar coming over, uh, you know, a lot of his fights have ended in the first round. Seven of his 10 pro wins have come in the first round. So that, that's always one of those things of, I mean, look, he's going to want to get the fight to the ground. No question about that. That's what he does. My, my concern is I wonder if what happened this, if this fight hits second and third round, what it'll be like. Uh, Carlos Candelaria, we're both very familiar with him. Uh, he had some injuries that, that kept him away, retired, uh, you know, short time, and, of course, uh, has come back here. I mean, look, if you tell me Candelario can keep this fight on the feet, I think he's going to win. Yeah. I just don't know if he can. Yeah, and that's a good question because I, I do think that the odds are wide for got, for both fighters debuting in the UFC where Carlos has had that, you know, the Dana White Contender Series experience already, um, you know, being somewhat acclimated. It, it's a big deal, especially with international talent coming over here. Uh, I know that Tetsuo Tyra is, uh, you know, a pretty prolific submission artist and has really good, you know, jujitsu, but sneaky, sneaky wrestling. So, Carlos Candelaro, if you look at any of his fights, his Achilles heel is his wrestling. He'll get taken down. He'll get, he'll get controlled at times. His straight-up jiu-jitsu is solid, 
And um, I know that he trains extensively on it now. And he always has. It's just like I could see Tetsuo Tyra kind of backpacking him or just like getting in a control situation and winning a round or two. And this this fight coming down to damage versus control time, where I would suspect Tetsuo Tyra to have more control time and takedowns and Carlos Candelario to have the upper hand in the striking. So whereas the odds are wide, I do feel like they are favoring the correct side, because if you look at Carol, uh, Carlos Candelario's tape, um, man, he gets taken down pretty easily in some situations. And uh, I think that Tatsuro Tyra has some sneaky submission skills, but I don't find him. I don't think he's going to pick up a submission win. It'd be a decision win. And this is, I mean, Carlos is a live dog. I feel like mm -hmm. I've been saying the same thing for a lot of these fights. I'm going to have exposure to Carlos. I do think that there is takedown upside in Tatsuro Tyra though. Of course, let's uh, get into our straight up picks, non-DFS related before we get into Sam's super chat. Main event, I will go Rob Font. Oh, man. Non-DFS related, I'm going to go yeah. Rob Font, just rooting for him. Uh, I will take Arlovsky over Collier. Yeah, Collier for me. Feely over Brito. Feely. I will go uh, my first underdog, Jared Gordon. Yeah, I'm going to root for my buddy again, Jared Gordon. Darren Elkins, Tristan Conley. I'll go with my second underdog and Tristan Conley. Okay, I'm going to go Elkins. Uh, I will take Jocko over Mearshart. Jocko. Uh, obviously, we'll take Romanoff. Romanoff. <laughs> I don't even have to ask you that question. Uh, Silva and Figueredo. Uh, give me Figueredo. All right, I'll go Silva. Uh, I will go with another underdog. So this will be my fourth underdog here on the, my straight-up picks. I'll go uh, Johan. Yeah, I'm going Johan. And then uh, I will take Natan Levy against Breeden. Natan. I will take Gina Mazzani against Shane Young. Gina Mazzani. And I will go uh, Taharia against Candelario. Ugh. I will go Tatsuro as well. Uh, Sam, of course, as always, man, I appreciate you there in the super chat. So uh, his usual questions here, top two cast, GPPs and underdogs. Uh, look, uh, when it comes to top two GPPs and, and cash, well, I already know who my one is. Yeah. One is clearly Alexander Romanoff. Uh, man, if I was going to label a number two um, in terms of cash, I probably would say Rob Font. In terms of GPPs, oof, man, it's it's probably I would say Levy. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Levy, but, I mean, this is a card where it's, like, just so ugly. There's... I think just like saying Romanov and then the main event makes a ton of sense. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's a safe salary and it's five rounds. You know, in terms of underdogs, if, if we're just talking from a GPP perspective, I think there's multiple fires you can look at. Marlon Vera, I think has got, Marlon Vera, I think in terms of the cash underdogs is someone to consider. Yeah. But in terms of GPPs, a guy like Jake Collier could rack up a ton of volume, score some points. Uh, you got to look at Jared Gordon at 7,500 potential stoppage uh with him there gerald mershart you know he's always alive for a submission finish at, at 7400 uh johan i think is is another one to look at in terms of underdogs uh, in terms of gpps yeah i mean you laid it out perfectly i like marlon vera from a cash and even a gpp standpoint because we don't necessarily know how this is going to go in the later rounds jay collier if i have to say like most confident underdog to come through it'd probably be Jay Collier winning decision, not necessarily scoring all that well. Johan has that, that crazy, crazy KO upside to him. So I think that he's extremely interesting. Um, outside of the, outside of that, it's kind of like sprinkles for me. Uh, favorite inside distance, obviously, is Romanov. Yeah, Romanov. 
Uh, top leverage plays. I mean, look, I think, you know, I, I look, there's just, there's certain fighters I just don't think can win, will win by finish. Like Jocko's one of them. I don't see Arlovsky win being one of them. Um, you know, I mean, look, you know, Shane Young could be a leverage play. I don't, yeah, really don't want to get there. Yeah. I would probably say that Joe Anderson Brito is one of the, one of the best uh, leverage plays on the slate because uh, he has actual skills within this range. Whereas a lot of these fighters down at the bottom are just terrible fighters. Uh, I don't necessarily like the matchup for him, but if the ownership that I'm seeing is coming through, like Joannis and Brito is a strong leverage play. Yeah. In terms of, uh, you know, favorite darts. Uh, I mean, look, Gordon at 7,500 is someone to six. If you want to go a little bit lower than 7,300, uh, I, I would probably throw some darts at Condelario. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's a good one. He, he's definitely live and he has really, really good hands for the division. Some sneaky pop. And if this stays standing, you would like to say that he has the, the edge there. Over, under. I like your number, Sam, of five and a half. I will go under. I'm going to go over. Yeah. Joshua said, did Peach, did Peach shave his head? I don't think so. No, I didn't. Not yet. Not yet. Whoa. Not I yet? Have, I don't know, bro. I mean, it's the, the summer's coming. It's annoying. Like, I, I I might have had a phone call yesterday with someone who lives close to you. Apparently, it's still a little cold in Connecticut. Depends on the day. Today, today's nice. Yesterday felt like winter. It's it's so weird. So, uh, yeah. It's uh, a a nice up, and bright. Shut up, Jason. Nobody nobody wants to hear how nice Florida is. We already know. Just it's automatically nice. All right. Eighty six degrees, bro. Yeah. Just saying. I'm sure Tyler was like, yeah, it's probably 90 here, here in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Josh says Pete's going to be going to take down City Beard and shave head. Yeah, man, you know, that's what you do. You grow out your beard, you shave your head, and then it increases your wrestling. So that's what that's my goal. Are you trying to make 146 again? I might, honestly. I honestly might. I was actually debating about it. I swear to God, Jason, I was really debating about it. I'm, uh, I'm kind of lean right we, now. We, I feel like might, I could. We, we might need to do a group FaceTime call with that one, though. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah might have to include someone close to you saying, "Are you really going to let him try to cut to 146?" I don't care what she says. I'm going to do it. Oh wow! Hope she doesn't see that. Yeah, (laughs) I was honestly thinking about it, Jason. I don't know. I don't know, Jason. It's I I feel really good at 55 though. It's a little warm for uh, me right now with the Florida weather at 86. It's a nice 78 here in Texas. So, you know, that's you more go. my cup of tea. A little cooler, not as sweaty. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, bro, you, you ain't cutting the 146 again. Come on. I, right now, I think I'm, I got to be careful because if people listen to this show, they might not let me go to 46, but I don't think they listen to this show. But uh, I'm in the 70s right now, so I think 40, 46 would be fine. I don't know, though. This coming from the guy who said I would never see 46 on the scale again. Well, this guy, this guy might. <laughs> I've, been, I've, been, I've been working, bro. I've been working. And, uh, yeah, the last 10 suck. Yeah. More like the last five. Oh, the last five. The last five is like depths of hell. Like it goes from sucking to depths of hell. So what um, you're saying is when we get the, we get the Pete, the heat return, we just have a, an awesome camera following you around for this weight. Cause is that what you're saying? I say that when I finally get back in the cage, 
And I know that the, everybody's been like, when the hell does that happen? It it's, it's been tough. Um, I think that we need to do something for all our listeners. Like you guys got to come out and you guys got to, uh, you know, come see the fight or come meet up with us or I don't know, we'll, we'll figure something out. Maybe we'll like coordinate a big awesome day or something. That would be fun. Just saying there's a certain month of year, a lot of uh, MMA in the, in the Northeast. Yeah, I know. It's, I know it's, it's probably not. I saw another event guy announced. Really? Yeah. June 17th. Oh, see. Yeah. I know. I know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a busy uh, like ten days in New England MMA. Yeah, everybody does it around the same time because they're they're hustling to get it in before the Fourth of July. Yeah, Fourth of July is uh right around the corner, but that is gonna do it for this edition of the Awesome MMA Strategy Show. Appreciate everyone taking time out of their day to watch or listen to this show. Of course, uh, we'll be back on Saturday for live beat for a lock. Have a good day, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.